Then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to John to be baptized by him. John would have prevented him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and do you come to me? But Jesus answered him, Let it be so now, for thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he consented. And when Jesus was baptized, immediately he went up from the water, and behold, the heavens were opened to him. And he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and coming to rest on him. And behold, a voice from heaven said, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. This is the gospel of our Lord. Well, after a hymn like that, I kind of don't need to preach the sermon, right? I don't think I've gone that hard either uh, in the sixth verse, um, even in the preaching of the law yet. So let's see. All right, so so that's my wife. Her name's Brigida, and she is a CPA, which means she's an accountant. And um, ever since the COVID lockdown, there's been a lot of Zoom meetings. And so I sometimes, when I have to go into the office room, I get to overhear uh, the Zoom meetings. All right, and... So, <laughs> anyways, often the, the silence of people just wanting to get their work done paired with a glowing screen that you're looking at for a really long time combined with actual people not being in the room yet knowing someone's listening to your voice, this kind of transforms the Zoom meeting into either a psychiatry session or a confessional booth, all right? And people tend to say things that they probably wouldn't say in a meeting room downtown um, with all their peers. Um, But the thing is, I do get the best condensed stories from these over dinner. Um, And one of them went like this. Now, everyone's at a partner conference meeting before COVID. Uh, There was, you know, an open bar, there was catered food, uh, and everyone was excited to hear John Bon Jovi sing because he was invited to perform on a little stage as everyone did their their, uh, uh, happy hour thing. Now, unfortunately, this was not the 80s hairband that they all knew and loved. All right? This was the individual, the singer-songwriter, John Bon Jovi. This was not Bon Jovi. This was John Bon Jovi. Now, if uh, you can guess, what this means was everyone was standing there with their drink, with their little hot dog on a stick. And they were like, okay, now do Wanted Dead or Alive. 
okay, now do you give love a bad name? Come on, do living on a prayer. And John Bon Jovi had to be like, sorry guys, I don't have rights to sing that song. Right? And so everyone was greatly disappointed. Because here was John Bon Jovi, and they had so much expectations and so much to love about the John Bon Jovi they wanted to meet and hear, but he did not bring the goods they were waiting for. John the Baptist, he had been preaching for a while, hyping up a coming Messiah named Jesus. And he had core stuff that everyone was expecting about Jesus. He's like, okay, he's going to be the Messiah, or if you speak Greek, he's going to be the Christ. Either way, it's the chosen one. He was saying the day of judgment, when this Messiah is going to raise the dead and judge between the faithful and the unfaithful, is going to come soon with the Messiah. He said, Jesus is coming to forgive the sins of which I have asked you to repent of and be baptized. And he's saying, but this Jesus will give you the Holy Spirit, whereas I cannot. And finally, that this Jesus, this Messiah, would take away the sins of the world. But this would come after much terror, fire, destruction, wrath from God against sinners. And people thought it was pretty cool. And so when Jesus came to John, and he asks John to baptize him, it completely shattered what John had hyped up. Imagine what he might say John might say, Jesus, if I baptize you right now in front of everybody, everyone's going to think you're a sinner like them and you're not the righteous Messiah King that's come to actually bring judgment against sinners. Jesus, I I feel guilty. I feel sinful just being in your presence. I need to be baptized by you. I'm not worthy to even carry your sandals. Jesus, where is the anger? Where is the fire? Where is the judgment on all these sinful people? I mean, I just refuse to baptize these Pharisees and lawyers who were not repentant. Aren't you angry with them? This isn't what I expected to happen, Jesus. And so Jesus says, he just, he listens, but he remains calm and he says, John, let it be so now. Let it happen. Let it be so now. Why? For it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. John, I will do all those things that you told people about, but not yet. It's got to start somewhere. 
Yes, John, I am the son of God. I've taken on human flesh. I've come down to be with you because I love you and everyone here, even the sinners. But in order to come all the way down to truly become lowly, I need to be baptized by you to come all the way down, all the way down to our human status. Jesus needs to be baptized like we need to be baptized for the forgiveness of sins. And so that's exactly what happens. The creator of the world The Lord of the universe comes down from heaven, but he comes down all the way here at his baptism. The prophet Hosea, and Matthew gets a lot of mileage out of this, this prophecy. Hosea prophesies, out of Egypt, I will call my son, my son Israel, whom I love. And by these words, God did mean his beloved son, faithful Israel, whom he did deliver out of slavery in Egypt by water through the Red Sea. And by which he used the water of the Red Sea to kill the sinful Egyptians, to put it crassly, but to preserve the faithful Hebrews. And this salvific action by the strong arm of God, our Father, is a lasting and awesome example of how and why God is called righteous. And why we talk about the righteousness of God, especially toward mankind. He chose these faithful people, the Hebrews, the nation of Israel, and he brought them out of slavery, not because they were special in any way, not because of anything in their DNA sequence, but simply because he loves them. And a great gift he gave was he grabbed them and he brought them out of slavery because he loves them. But this prophecy of Hosea, out of Egypt I have called my son, is also about the child Jesus. We skipped this one, but Christmas too, we did circumcision of Jesus instead. Christmas too is about the flight to Egypt. Joseph grabs Joseph or sorry, Joseph grabs Jesus and Mary and says, we need to go into hiding in Egypt because Herod's going to kill all baby males under two. And so they go hide in Egypt. But God calls his beloved son, Jesus, out of Egypt to be delivered through the waters because he loves him. And the waters that he's called to come out of Egypt through is the Jordan River. And by the hand of the prophet John, he will take his place as God's beloved son, Israel, but reduced to one. 
Now God's ultimate event of his righteousness, of his strength, mighty deliverance is now not just for Hebrews, but to all people who are brought into baptism, brought to that lowly state in the waters that have been blessed by the Holy Spirit, the Father, and the Son. It's no longer just for Hebrews. God's mighty deliverance and action in the world is now for all people. And this is the beginning with Jesus. It's what we call an epiphany, a revelation or appearing of God in this world so that we can see what was invisible or unable to be comprehended. No one had ever seen God, but now we see how he chooses to be seen in his son, Jesus. So God, our father, delivered Israel, his son from Egypt, through the divided waters of the Red Sea, though Israel was stubborn and wandering. But Jesus, his truly begotten before all worlds, perfect, sinless, from the beginning, of time agrees in perfect obedience to his father's will and plan to be baptized in the water of the Jordan River. And in the Jordan River on that day, in the sight of all people, he stands in place of all people. First in place of all Israel, but now in place of us all. He, Jesus, who knew no sin, took on our lowly, sinful status, and he began to work his redemptive plan on our behalf. He began his mighty plan of salvation, the breaking in of his kingdom, which at first was only in heaven, but now was breaking into this world, would begin At his baptism. And that wondrous, mighty plan would be brought to completion by punishment and death on the cross in your place. But it had to begin somewhere. And so the image is not yet complete, or at least wasn't complete that day in the Jordan. Just like John the Baptist wanted, however, Isaiah's prophecy is fulfilled. Isaiah says, O Lord, that you would split open the heavens, that you would come down, that the mountains would shake and tremble at your presence. And so God says, he wants the heavens to split open. We'll give him that one. He hangs up the phone and the sky splits. The Holy Spirit comes down like a dove. And he comes on to Jesus Christ and he anoints him. He chooses him. Just like how both prophets were anointed in the Old Testament, priests were anointed in the Old Testament, and kings were anointed in the Old Testament. 
though they were anointed with oil, Jesus doesn't have to be anointed with oil. He's anointed with the Holy Spirit himself. Now Jesus has come all the way down to our lowly sinful state, but he's without sin, and that gives us great hope. He's with us completely, but he can do something that we can't, which is to always choose to do the right thing. And by new life in him, joined to him, we can do that too. And so now Jesus has truly come down to us, mighty to save, as the chosen one, the anointed one, the Christ, the Messiah. And God the Father, breaking hundreds of years of silence, calmly announces to everyone there, this is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. Everyone be at peace. Jesus is my beloved son whom I called out of Egypt. And to show my righteousness, to show my mercy, my compassion, my love, he will save you from your sins. Sadness, bitterness, resentment, envy can all now be washed away by my delivering hand, by faith in Jesus' name and his wondrous and mighty deeds. That day at the Jordan River, the fullness of God, which is the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, were seen with human eyes. They were joined to the visible sign of water, along with God's promise of deliverance, which is that all who believe in Jesus, that beloved Son's name, would be joined to Jesus' life, death, resurrection. And so baptism is a mighty salvific way that God acts in your life. Now when God looks down from heaven, he sees his beloved son. He sees your faith in Christ and announces to the world as often as you run to it, this is my beloved son, with whom I am well pleased. You. Christ's death has freed Christ from the power of sin. That's what Paul says in our letter today. And so Jesus' resurrection gives Jesus power over death. And his wish is to bestow that same blessing on you by being joined to you in your baptism. And so consider yourself dead to sin, dead to your old ways, for their end is misery and death. Instead, put on the Lord Jesus Christ. Consider yourself dead to sin and alive to Christ Jesus, our Lord. The old man, the old woman, is dead in you. Jesus is alive in you and lives in you. Let him act. Let him speak. His words are mighty and continue to deliver as we wait for the fullness 
of his second coming. And there he will make good on his promise to raise all the dead, to judge between the faithful and the unfaithful, and to recreate the faithful in glory for life eternal, just like what John was waiting for. In Jesus' name, amen.